Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. From our downtown Toronto headquarters, here's episode 20, a look at A Nightmare on Elm Street. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock the door. <laughs> Five, six, etc., etc. Grab your crucifix. Seven, eight. Better stay up late. Mm-hmm. Nine, ten. Freddy's back again, and Freddy did come back, back again, again and again uh, and yeah, again. Probably too many times. Way too many times. <laughs> um, many, many sequels of varying quality. Uh, part three. Dream Warriors. Part three was pretty awesome. Absolutely kick-ass uh, with a great uh, theme song by... By uh, Dawkins. 80s uh, rock and <laughs> yeah. Dawkin. But for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to mostly uh, focus on the Nightmare on Elm Street, the very mm-hmm. first one, the one from 1984, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, Chris... Uh, oh, we got some of our favorite people in this movie. Okay, yeah. We got the, the great Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. super boyish... 20 he might have been at the yeah, well, yeah this was 18? Johnny Depp's uh, first uh, first movie mm-hmm. and uh, actually a very interesting fact about that um, originally they cast Charlie Sheen in the role but I mean this was a very low budget movie this was this was made believe it or not for 1.8 million dollars and uh, Sheen wanted 3,000 bucks a week and that was out of the budget so <laughs> goodbye Charlie and hello Johnny <laughs> um, so yeah Johnny uh, played Glenn who was the uh, the football, football player, player because <laughs> when you think Johnny Depp you think Jock yeah, all, I mean, all five three of them exactly yeah five three and like yeah, one of three pounds soaking wet but you know what he was good he was good in the role yeah. We got Johnny Depp. We got John Saxon. John Saxon, yeah, who, who's looking kind. Of, he looked a little bit small compared with his, uh, I guess his marquee role in Enter the Dragon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he plays, you know, a tournament combatant alongside Bruce Lee. Right. But yeah, here he's he's the uh, the, the local cop. Right. And he's also the father of our heroine uh, Nancy, Nancy, played by Heather Langenkamp. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's Freddy, played by Robert Englund, who at the time was basically an unknown actor. I mean, he mm-hmm. was... Uh, he was doing small-time theater yeah, well, and small, uh, improv yeah. and yeah. that he kind also, of thing. Mm-hmm. He also played... He, he, was, uh, he did Shakespeare. He was on the London stage. I mean, you know, he did a few little roles here and there, um, but uh, this was the movie... I mean, it's kind of funny because they say that um, New Line Cinemas, right? Or New Line Studios, the studios that brought us, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy and everything, they call it the house that Freddy built because, yeah. I mean, it was basically... This movie was what, what was their first major success, and this movie, and Nightmare on Elm Street, made basically New Line. It made Robert Anglin. It made Wes Craven, at least in the mainstream. Um, and it was Johnny Depp's first role. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people came out of this one. And uh, the cultural impact is phenomenal. You know, say what you will about uh, the many, many sequels. I mean, Freddie ended up becoming a, uh, for you know, he became an icon. He became mm-hmm. a, he transcended horror and became. For many many years, though, he was he was up there with like I would say Mickey Mouse and Ronald McDonald. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty crazy, and we'll talk a bit about that in a bit. But uh, for the, but to begin, like let's just talk about 
and then what else? Let's talk about the film. Let's talk about what it's uh, what it's about. Yeah, well, I guess uh, uh, teenagers who are being plagued in their in their nightmares by mm-hmm. by this impish character in a, in a in a in a uh, floppy hat. Yeah, He's fashioned uh, sharp fingernails right? for himself, mm-hmm. and that's one of the great themes in, in this film. Is I guess safety. Like, there's nowhere to escape to. Because he comes to people in their dreams, yeah, it's, and it's something I guess that's visited. There's the cop who's a safety figure, mm-hmm. who's Heather Langenkamp's Nancy's father. father yep. There's they drive around in a Volvo, which is the car, the quintessential safe car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the at one point the mother tries to protect her kid by putting bars on the windows. Mm-hmm. So there's all this stuff. Oh, and also I guess a jock boyfriend who's mm-hmm. supposed to be the protectorate. Of, of her, but none of these can come into play because, obviously, this this demonic creature comes mm-hmm. to you when you have no defense. Yeah, and it's funny you say that. With, I mean, no safety because like, when are we most vulnerable in life? Well, I guess in horror films, in in the shower. So yeah, when you're naked that, and, and right? vulnerable, and when you sleep. Yeah, yeah, when you sleep. I mean, there's this there's sort of like this unspoken agreement we have with ourselves that when mm-hmm. we wake, when we go to sleep, we sort of go into that world of oblivion that we're going to wake up. Yeah, but in this world, there's no guarantee, right? There's no um, guarantee, and and also compounded by the fact that you're most likely either to die in a hospital or mm-hmm. in at home in your sleep. In your sleep, so um, yeah, I mean, so there is absolutely no safety. And you talk about, um, and the other thing too, I mean, you were mentioning about you know the mother and the father. There's another sort of theme that's explored in Nightmare on Elm Street is parents basically not really being there for their kids. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Uh, Nancy, who is the ultimate, you know, final girl standing. I mean, she's a child of, uh, of uh, divorced parents. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives with her mother, who's an alcoholic. So she's useless, right? <laughs> yeah, and um, she guzzles gin, I guess, from the bottle yeah, at yeah. various points. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you have parents. You can't turn to your parents. I mean, either they're not going to believe you or they're just going to, you know, they're sort of uh, powerless to help you. Um, also, you know, there's a whole thing. Of the, there's a lot of themes here. Talking about Freddy himself, I mean, Freddy Krueger... As the film progressed, I mean, they gave him, you know, there was a whole mythology. I mean, he was like a bastard son of a thousand maniacs and so on and so <laughs> forth. But in this movie, right, all he was was a child molester. Child, well, child killer, yeah. I guess, but it's implied that he did a little more than that. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he basically fashioned these these razor, you know, these, these gloves with these, uh, you know, razor blades, which was basically, you know, what he was using when he was just Fred Krueger at the janitor at the school. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because... Uh, they're they're weapons, but they have a, there's an oral quality as well because everyone just cringes when oh, yeah. they hear nails on a chalkboard. Mm-hmm. So just the fingernails alone, right. and in addition to I guess they they could be used to flay you. So that whole body horror of being ripped to shreds by nails. So mm-hmm. it works on so many levels as yep. a weapon versus just a gun, and which also, you can't really relate to mm-hmm. in many ways, or you can't. Someone pulls it out and shoots you, but mm-hmm. this precedes itself by having that awful sound. Yep. And that I guess is a light motif running through the movie where yep. it's the scraping, and that's just. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just, and it, and there's also a bit of a psychosexual element as well. I mean, it's somewhat phallic, and you know, there are there's, there's <laughs> yeah. scenes where we'll get to that too. But I mean, so you talked about you know this impish character running around wearing a fedora. I mean, he, of course, extremely iconic. I mean, with the yeah. striped sweater and everything. And um, the thing about Freddy too. I mean, yeah. So let's. So he was a child killer, mm-hmm. and um, the he basically never got his day in court in the sense that uh, through some sort of technicality. 
he was uh, he was set free. Yeah. And the, the and townsfolk, the, the townsfolk got the, the the equivalent of the torches and the yep. pitchforks, and they went after him vigilante vigilante yep. style and burned him. Yep. There is there is yet another theme, and that is sort of like the sins of the of the father being mm-hmm. revisited on the children, because yeah. he's killed by the the townsfolk by the parents. But he doesn't go after the parents. He goes after their kids, yeah. their offspring, right? And the justice system failed the parents, and the parents failed their children. Indeed, indeed. And it's and I don't think it's an accident that one of the parents is a lawman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you have Freddy Krueger. In other words, I mean, Freddy Krueger embodies it's pure evil. You know, I wouldn't even go so far as to say he's pure id. I mean, if you go into like, and I mean, there, again, there's a lot of like Freudian theory in this movie, like with dream theory and so on and so forth. Because you know, so many times, I mean, the lines between reality and um, yeah, the subconscious, the subconscious are blurred, blurred yeah. because we, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, we don't know when the character slips into a, a slumber and all of a sudden they're in this dream world, right? But like... The royal road to the subconscious, as Freud called it. Right. And, yeah. the, and, and the other thing that Freud talked about was, of course, you know, the ego, the superego, and the id. And basically, what is the id? The id is the, the part of your uh, your brain that has absolutely no restraint whatsoever, Yeah, right? the cocaine <laughs> in your brain. Exactly. <laughs> Freud, that's what Freud career is. I mean, yeah. this guy, is, he's got no tether. He's got no yeah. restraint. He's running around these kids' dreams. He's doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, you know? Tearing them asunder from within. I mean, incredibly, incredibly gory, uh, you know, murders and uh, yeah. There's he's 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 pure evil. He's pure id, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, you can also say there's a lot of like you, know, you can almost look at him as like you know, sort of like a um, a long lineage of like you know your grim fairy tales, evil. But I mean, once again, like I mean, he's pure evil, pure evil. And you sort of you know, and he's he's put up against what I would say is is almost pure good, and that's the character of Nancy. Mm-hmm. You know, Nancy played again by Heather Langenkamp. Despite the fact that, I mean, you have these two couples, right? You have uh, Tina and Rod, and they're sort of, um, you know, you're... Yeah, you're prototypical, just yeah. suburban, nobody kids. Right. Not, not much personality. But, uh, you know, they're, she, they were yeah. sexually active, right? Yeah. And they were, you know, of course they met their maker. I mean, that's <laughs> part of the course of the slash, yeah. right? But then you have uh, this other couple, uh, Glenn and... Um, yeah, very and, chaste. And very chaste. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, she, she, he, he's supposed to be her protector, mm-hmm. and at one point, I guess, uh, in the midst of her insomnia, she, you know, he, he very quaintly comes in, climbs in through her, hit through her bedroom window right. on a stepladder, <laughs> like this is a Dawson's Creek or some sort of thing, and she Romeo asks, and uh, <laughs> yeah, she, she asks him at some point, oh, could you stay, you know, watch over me yeah. while I dream? It's sort of like a Midsummer Night's Dream, mm-hmm. stand aloof at Sentinel, to quote from Midsummer Night's Dream, yeah, and he of course fails as he's wiped as well. He's being af- afflicted by the same nightmares that plague her. Right. So initially he's following her along in her dream to say, mm-hmm. I'm here. And at one point he waves to her from the bushes, but he, he falls asleep. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, basically we have this, uh, this girl, Nancy, who in my, in my, in my opinion, embodies like all that's good. She you really know, is. Yeah. She's, she's, she's chaste. She's virginal. And I mean, that's sort of, again, I mean, par for the course in the eighties, but she's also like resourceful. She's tough as nails. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at the end of it all, I mean, it's, it's, it's like mono a mono, Nancy versus Freddie. Yeah. And you know, she's going it, to, it's a very telling moment too. Like talk about this whole sort of, um, not having anybody to turn to by yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, family abandonment and so on. Right. Yeah. Before she goes on her uh you know her basically her, her quest to bring freddie into the real world and to destroy freddie what does she do she tucks her own mother into bed 
Her yeah. mother's in a drunken stupor, right? Yeah. And he basically tucks her mother into bed. So what she's basically symbolically saying... She's the authority saying, figure. There you go. Yeah. I mean, she's basically saying, you know what, Mom? Like, you know, you're useless. You can't take care of me. It's up to me now. And so the, the, there's so many different things. That we, there's so many levels that this yeah. film works on. And I mean, we're not even talking about, like, the visceral, gory, awesome kills. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of... Um, a lot of levels, like I said before. Uh, and, uh, getting back to Shakespeare too, I yep. guess in in her in class they're reading about Hamlet. Okay, yeah. and uh, she has one of her uh, really creepy nightmares in the middle of class, and she's dismissed from class, uh, you know, in a funny kind of line, you know, you don't need your hall pass kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she she meets with a student who's dressed like Freddy, mm-hmm. who's the hall monitor. Yep. But it's it's pretty funny too because she has this kind of grotesque. A dream that sort of conjures up, I guess, it reminded me of part of The, the Shining, where there, there's a, a long hallway, typical like Kubrick kind of long hallway, shot, yeah. Yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the, something that freaks me out all the time is the plastic bag. So she oh. sees his body in a plastic bag, and I guess we were talking about Black Christmas, mm-hmm. and well, there's, there's, a, there's a bag right. asphyxiation yeah. in that movie, and there's something about plastic that really gets me, because mm-hmm. it's supposed to be something that... I guess it's supposed to extend life. You put your vegetables in there, you seal things, <laughs> okay, and yeah. it's supposed to. Yeah. It's supposed to. But it's also a body bag too. It really is. Yeah. yeah. So it I mean, works on forget, both those who, levels. But was that was te- creepy yeah. as all hell. It was Tina inside the in, you know inside the bag. Tina, yeah. Who was the first victim of yeah. Freddy in, in the film. And I guess we could go back to as as you mentioned the the kills. Yeah. We could say Tina's death was pretty amazing yeah pretty yeah. amazing and and they did a lot with obviously they turned the camera upside down they had to do stuff because she was along on top of the ceiling getting yeah no getting I, spun I, around you, and but i'm gonna give you i don't know if you're if you're aware of this but uh it's it, basically how that was um achieved right was um there was this this room that they built right and it was a rotating room so in other words, as they were filming the camera, the camera was rotating, the room was rotating, and that uh, that enabled Tina to go up on the ceiling along the walls. Now, this room was also used in one of my, one of my favorite movies, Breaking Two, Electric, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, Boogaloo. <laughs> where uh, you know <laughs> he basically dances on the ceiling. <laughs> and then speaking of dancing on the ceiling, it was then reused yet again for Lionel Richie's Dancing, dancing on, the on the Ceiling. Wow, there but, you go. Yeah, I mean, and and it was also used again in. Um, in Nightmare with Johnny Depp to achieve that, the blood splurge. Yeah. Blood, but, uh, you know, do you want to talk about that kill right now? Well, I mean, getting back to the first, the Tina, just when she was spinning around and mm-hmm. knocks out her boyfriend, it was really amazing. But I was just amazed at the uh, level of blood mm-hmm. in that kill because a lot of horror movies are maybe just a slit of the throat. Right. And then this was just, this was a legit crime scene there. Oh, she yeah. was just basically flayed through the, the, by the, you know, through the stomach mm-hmm. with with uh, just completely sliced up the gut mm-hmm. of their innards and she's just left there just gutted and just blood all over the place while her boyfriend just cowers in the corner right. it's just an incredible scene well you know I mean we're going to I guess with this discussion I guess we're going to be going bouncing back and forth in this because I mean as you say there's things that come to my mind and Again, like, you know, we're going to go back to, like, you know, my, me talking about becoming a horror fan, and I was late to the horror game, you know what I mean? And in the 80s, I mean, Freddy, like, you know, he, we were saying he transcended his horrific roots as a, as a child uh, killer a child slash killer, molester, yeah. and literally became almost like a cute and cuddly cartoon character, right? But, so I, I, you know, all my friends were going to see Nightmare 4 and Nightmare 5 in the cinema. I had nothing to do with it. I told, I remember talking to a previous podcast, I was at camp, they played this movie, I ran out of the barn <laughs> screaming. Um... When I, not revisited, but visited Nightmare on Elm Street for the first time, getting into the horror 
genre in my 20s. And at this point, I was I had quite a bit of horror under my belt. I felt this film was legitimately terrifying. For sure. This was a scary movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes Craven, I mean, before this, he was known for The Hills Have Eyes and The Last House on the Left. Yeah, right? two really good movies. Which were oh, super hard horror. Yeah. You know? And Nightmare was a, was hard horror, too. Um, I little details here and there is really what make it. Yeah. Even even when, uh, I guess, one of the victims is standing and they're looking out the window and are out into the backyard. Mm-hmm. There's just, and the use of the boiler room. There's just incredible visuals. Oh, indeed, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, as we discussed also, the hallway. The just, hallway. It's really, and yeah. and the, the scenes when they're awake and plagued by insomnia are just as scary as, as when they go into dream world. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really uh, impressive as well. Well, it's funny because, I mean, we, I, we talked earlier about, uh, you know, sleep being, you know, we're vulnerable, but sleep is also uh, uh, sort of a respite. We go to sleep to basically re- rejuvenate ourselves, to recharge ourselves, you know yeah. what I mean? It's where we can, we, we can also be safe in the sense that, you know, okay, the day is done, I've sort of I've gone through my, my work-a-day stresses and problems, I'm just going to sleep and I'm going to relax. Yeah, to you your know, point, yeah. To sleep, perchance a dream, right? Yeah, sometimes yeah. sometimes our dreams are a little bit on the, uh, you know, on the freaky side. We're always, always just a dream, and we're going to wake up, and we're going to be, you know, all is well in this world. But... Um, these kids have no respite. They can't go to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they know if they go to sleep, they're not waking up, right? Um, so that's, again, like when you say there's no safety here, I mean, there really is no... I mean, I guess, like, you know, to quote Sartre, there's no exit. There's no exit. And <laughs> <laughs> interestingly, with with the hat, apparently it's bad luck to put a hat on a bed. So, you know, we've got the iconic Freddy and his fedora, mm-hmm. which I think was originated by, by uh, Robert Englund himself, just to add a little, uh, little meat to the character and yep. give him a little bit of a... <laughs> sort of a 1940s kind of mm-hmm. you know, throwback uh, kind of appeal like and that's sort of a, a melange right. a weird kind of look right. he looks partly homeless like it's sort of a hobo which adds to yep. that sort of fear too mm-hmm. he's sort of a, a street person too I mean even if you even without the the, the, the <laughs> pepperoni pizza face right? <laughs> yeah. the burnt face I mean yeah no he pretty he was he, he looks you know just the, the hat the and frayed sweater <laughs> and gloves he's and when his, his face is pulled off in one scene it kind of reminded me of Jim Carrey from <laughs> Living Color with the uh, you know the fire chief yep <laughs> I mean <laughs> That was, yeah. <laughs> that, that was pretty insane Fire as Marshall well. Bill, the yeah. Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, so, I mean, getting back to um, some of the some of the themes, and I was saying, too, like, there's, there was some psychosexual uh, stuff as well. I mean, because we're talking about, you know, the virginal, virginal Nancy. chaste Nancy, and, and then, uh, she's being... Uh, yeah, I guess sexually assaulted through the phone by, well, by but a Well, even before that, we'll get that in a second, but mm-hmm. she's taking a bath, right? Oh, yeah. And there she is in her bath, and, you know, her legs are, you know, spread, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah. emerging from the water the phallic, is, uh, is the glove. Yeah. And, I mean, that no, that's pretty fucking obvious, you know yeah. what I mean? But then, yeah, the telephone, I mean, that, that was pretty, that was pretty messed up, too. Yeah. Where, I guess we've come a long way since... Uh, Janet Lee in in the in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Now we've got this this yeah. uh, between the legs, you know, horror right there. It's yeah, just, exactly. Oof. And then of course when she um, uh, picks up the phone to call Glenn, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden Freddie, who at this point had killed Glenn Johnny Depp in spectacular in spectacular fashion. fashion. Yeah. I mean, didn't we talk about geysers of blood? <laughs> geysers, right? And um, and again, like you know, lack of safety. I mean, you're saying, okay, so you know, she's got the jock boyfriend. He's gonna he's gonna save her. Well, no, I mean, he's dead. He's gone. He's mm-hmm. finished, right? And what does Freddie say? 
I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the tongue comes out of the phone and just starts, like, licking her in this disgusting fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So then it becomes, you know, this real sort of, like, okay, I female empowerment. Like, it's I, it's either me or this guy, and I'm going to go go after him and go get him. And go after him, she does. And it's sort of with whatever the equivalent at the time would have been the anarchist cookbook. Exactly. She gets some book from the library about how to set booby traps. And so she... Uh, fixes some hammer to the door frame mm-hmm. and trip wires and everything and she goads him into just visiting her dream and says come on come on get me you bastard i'm gonna i'm here i'm here i'm gonna stand my ground mm-hmm. and, and that's she thing takes too. him uh, you know she goes after him yeah and that's she knows she can't rely on her uh and her uh, father and, and her and, father uh, johnny mother. law over there yep so Johnny Law nor Johnny Depp. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's the other thing, too. And the other thing, the, the too, is in order to defeat Freddy, she basically has to turn her back on Freddy. In other words, mm-hmm. say, you know what? I'm, you, you have no more power over me. She has to take the power back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, uh, and she's tipped off to do that through some sort of folklore. I guess uh, mm-hmm. Indonesian folklore, I believe, that he, that's recounted to her by, by her boyfriend, Glenn. And apparently, yeah, you turn your back on him, you diffuse him of his power, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she manages to survive. Yep. Yeah, we can't really uh, have a discussion of Nightmare on Elm Street without talking about the cultural impact of the character Freddy Krueger. And, I mean, it is quite incredible because, once again, at the very essence, you have this... this what ended up becoming, you know, through later mythology, a child molester slash murderer, and um, he became, as I said before, this almost like this this pop culture icon along the lines of like Ronald McDonald or Mickey Mouse. I mean, he became neutered. He became yeah. he became almost a Henny Youngman of horror. You know what I mean? <laughs> Take my wife, please. Honestly, like it was all it was all like you know it was um, you know yeah, the one liners and stuff and. Yeah. and uh, in the Dream Warriors, there's always like there's a couple fun ones, but it just got ridiculous. Freddy became uh, he was he became neutered. He they he, all, all his terror was taken away from him, almost like Nancy took away the terror from him in the first movie. With yep. him, with every passing sequel, he became less and less scary and more and more like a like a cartoon character. Mm-hmm. However, in this particular movie, there was nothing cartoonish about him. This was a scary, scary, scary figure. Once again, pure as I said before, pure id, pure evil taking away, you know, any sense of safety and security that young kids might have. Uh, so this film works on a million different levels. Now, Russ Craven, I mean, he, he didn't direct... He he did direct the sequels until uh, New Nightmare. He came back for New Nightmare. Um, of course, nowadays, Russ Craven is considered to be one of the uh, masters of horror along the lines of, you know, up there with, like, your Romero's, your Carpenter's, your Cronenberg's. Um, in my opinion, I think he's a hack. I don't like Wes Craven. I think that uh, of all the directors, he is the, the worst of the bunch. He made, like I said, After Nightmare. A four-hit wonder. What's the fourth? Uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. That which, was okay. Uh, it was okay, but again, yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he shouldn't be named in the, in the pantheon of, of greats or put on our Mount Rushmore of horror mm-hmm. because he basically flamed out after these, and there's nothing he's done since that's been in any way interesting. Well, I mean, some would argue Scream, but that... For everything that brought back, brought to the horror genre... It ruined it in many it ways. It took away well, yeah. so much more. Um, but look, I mean, you can't you can't uh, take away the... Co- I mean... The Hills Have Eyes I really enjoyed, too. But the Hills yeah, Have... So, yeah, but have but, you seen the sequel? That's abysmal. I wouldn't, yeah. Yeah, the, like, the Hills Have Eyes Part 2 directed by Wes Craven, that was absolutely fucking abysmal. However, just... For, I mean, because really, like, when you, when, you, when you think of, like, you know, the pantheon of, uh, of monsters, right? You look back in the Universal Horror Days, right? It was, like, Dracula... Frankenstein, perhaps a Wolfman, mm-hmm. right? Then you look at the, you you know the pantheon, the trilogy of like modern horror monsters, and you got Jason, 
Michael Myers. Leatherface. Well, I'm just narrow down mm. to three. And Freddy. Yeah, okay. So, mm. in other words, he created this iconic, enduring character. And I met, I had the pleasure of meeting Robert Englund this past summer. We've read his book as well, which yeah. uh, we can't you know, recommend. Is that a lot of it is mm. just name-dropping, but it's interesting insight into his career. Yeah, well, I mean, really... it, was, it was amazing, because I mean, I, I managed to chat with him for about 20 minutes, and we didn't really talk about Freddy, in the sense, because how it, I started mentioning all these other movies that he was in, that he was really happy that, you know, yeah. like, for example, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, The Android oh, Slave Vehicle, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I see a lot of bad movies, right? Mm. But... Uh, but at one point, he just sort of looked at me and said, you're all my children now, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I got kills at my spine, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, that was just something else. So as much as I... Um I'm not crazy about the sequels. Um, I, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a Jason guy. Like, he's my, my favorite. Freddy, you know, Freddy is, is... You can't deny the power of Freddy and the enduring impact of Freddy. Um, so any, any final comments on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street? Uh, no, I mean that's it. It just touches on just so many, so many themes that yeah. most most horror films would just could only dream of. And we don't even have this sort of uh, sad shoehorned in backstory where he was a you know he he's he's just there. He's there. Uh, yeah, he's he's, uh, he's like just, I said, as yeah. embodying pure evil. Yeah, he's and not, nothing happened to him as a kid where you know he well, was. Well, but something. I mean, it, as 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 the scene, yeah, exactly. as, as things the deteriorated, sequels, they then they started to, to give him a backstory. A backstory which is always like, the kiss of death. Yeah, he was born in prison. His mother was uh, raped by like yeah. a thousand rape, you know, uh, maniacs and blah 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 blah. That's why the movies are shit. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, like I said before, there's something to be said about just pure, unadulterated yeah. evil. And we don't always need everything to be explained. Like, some people are just fucked up. And they're yeah. just fucked. E- and then Freddy was evil. So, I mean, yet again, there's just so much to this movie. If yeah. you want to look at it as this pure, visceral horror with some incredibly gory kills, yeah. uh, there's gory kills. If you want to look at it as, a, as just a really good kind of thrill ride, you know, there's yeah. that as well. But, I mean, there's a lot to analyze. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Freddy endures, and he'll endure, hopefully not in your in your dreams tonight. <laughs> anyway, uh, for more, check out www.reallyawfulmovies.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you.